same old story. Boy finds girl, boy loses girl, girl finds boy. Boy forgets girl, boy remembers girl. And girl dies in a tragic blimp accident over the Orange Bowl on New Year's Day. Good year? No, the worst. Incredible income poke is the end of the quarter. That everyone has been asking what happens next. And then there was hundreds of cows and aliens, and then I went up on the ship, and Scott Bale gave me pink eye. Hey, Dan, now that Terrence and Philip has been taken off the air, what are we going to do for entertainment? I don't know. We, we could start breeding gas fumes. And now, another untold story from the files of the fastest show in sports. It's refreshing. 35% faster than before. So it's the original. It's clinically proven. Ozone safe. No preservatives. Now it's fat free. Feel the difference. Uh, here. Ed Berliner, the fastest show in sports. Bluey. Frankie. Eventually every frog has to croak. <laughs> That's not fun. I laugh when I'm sad. You what? Are you insane? Well, I'm not basking in the glory. <laughs> I just hope I get out alive. Greetings, true believers. Welcome back in. It is that time of year. It is time to talk college football playoffs. Because if you have been listening to Sports Talk Radio for any length of time, and I've been involved in it for a long time, as has my guest, we know that this time of year... It's always college football playoff, and some of the most ridiculous things are said by supposedly intelligent people when it comes down to the whole idea of a college football playoff. That's where we begin today. Pleasure to welcome back my great friend, attorney, former player agent, and a guy who knows more about sports than most of those so-called experts and analysts out there. Joe Casal joins us once again on the Fastest Show in Sports. Joe, other than college football playoff, what are some of those other great arguments that you and I are always used to hearing when it comes down to sports talk radio? Certain times of year, you always hear them, and a lot of times you think to yourself, boy, these people must not have a whole lot to talk about because they got to drop this in, and it's just one of those, they know it's going to immediately start an argument, yet they always fall back on those specific issues. Other than college football playoff, what comes to mind? Well, you always have the, the Pete Rose argument, should he be in the Hall of Fame or not? That's that. That's the the bell standard of um, of arguments. You always have the PED argument. Now the PED enabler Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame. You're going to have everybody doing the mental gymnastics of why the player should be kept out when you had the commissioner of PEDs in the in the Hall of Fame. So you're always going to get those kind of arguments. But college football um, playoff talk is is always at the forefront this time of year and it always it always means adding more to the schedule but less to the people who are getting their brains scrambled every week the only amateurs in amateur athletics and that's the players this is what got me started today because in the last 24 hours or so i'm watching twitter facebook and one guy who's a former collegiate star and a former national football league player on his facebook page is immediately saying, we need an 18 playoff. And then somebody else chimes in and says, how about a 16-team playoff? And he comes back and says, yeah, that's not a bad idea. My head exploded because every time this comes around, this ridiculous argument. So let's look at it from this perspective to start, Joe. Let's just say, let's go with this for a minute. Let's say that four teams is not enough. 
and you want to eventually make this a 16-team. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to eight. You want to make this an eight-team playoff. It can be done, yes. It's just a matter of making it work. So how would you make it work properly? Well, anything can be done. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's not really the issue. The problem is every time you expand playoffs, you dilute a regular season. And college football is one of the few remaining sports that the regular season actually matters. And we always get to these arguments every year when a team that somebody is aligned with doesn't get in. So they want to change all the rules. It's like, I didn't get my way, so I'm just going to change the rules. My whole thing about college football right now, it is, it's the only sport of the major sports that is over 90% of the professional season. For instance, in college basketball, you play, if you go to the national championship game, you play 38 to 40 games. That represents, counting the playoffs, about 40% of an NBA schedule. Hockey is about 35%. Baseball is about 40%, 30%. College football is almost 100%. If Alabama runs the table this year, they will have played 15 games. The NFL schedule is 16. And the only amateurs in amateur athletics are the players. So if you want to expand these playoffs, and for every round that you add, 100% of the television and gate receipts go into a fund to help the players with long-term medical and educational needs, along with a stipend, I'm all for it. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. I'm, I'm going to stop you there because let's just say what you have is a great idea. But here comes the naysayers who will say, wait a minute, Joe, you can't do that 100%. They don't do that in the National Football League, in the NHL, NBA, MLB. No other sport gives 100% of their revenues to the players. Yeah, but the first 98% of the season is going to everyone but the kids. So you can't have it all. It, you know, you just can't have it all. You can't turn around and tell these kids. And for these people who are saying they're getting a free education, they're not getting a free education. They don't have the life of a regular college athlete or even a college student in the sense that they can't hold jobs during the season. Can't hold jobs in the offseason either when you have the quote, unquote, voluntary workouts because if you don't keep up with them guess who has the power not to renew your scholarship because scholarships are renewable by the year and that's the head coach and in a school that recruits 15 to 20 five-star athletes every single year you run the risk of losing your scholarship so you don't have anything for free you don't you're not getting anything for free you're earning it and so if you're going to continue to add on to a season add on to a season these kids have to get more than a computer bag and a few video games and a few of the goodie bags that they get at the bowl games. Got it, you know, it just doesn't it doesn't compute. I mean, Ed, if we had a business and we said, here's what we can do in our business, our labor costs are nothing. Our revenues are fifty million dollars a year. We would be hailed as brilliant, and we would also get sued for not paying anybody. (laughs) So here is what you're getting with college athletics. And in college football, 
it's getting worse and worse because it is approximizing an NFL season in terms of the time, the time spent and the game spent. And all of the research that we're seeing right now on injuries in football, I just don't see why adding more games makes sense. Because here's the thing. The committee got it right this year. They really did. They, you could make the uh, – if people who were arguing for Penn State over Washington, that's the wrong argument. The argument should be Penn State over Ohio State because they beat Ohio State and they won the Big Ten. But Washington deserves to get in. And they got it right. So adding on more games doesn't do anything. And, in fact, it, dil- it dilutes the product. We've seen that in college basketball, how diluted the product is by adding more teams. I say keep it as it is and and just go with it. So let's take the diluted argument. I get it because already the college basketball tournament, and I have to be right up front with everybody, I'm not a huge college basketball fan. I, I never really have been. When the tournament comes around, I might pay attention, but most of the time I don't. It's not a big deal, but still I see it as way too many games. However, Joe, here we go again. The people on the other side who will say, are you kidding? Think of the competitive level here. Yeah, Joe, you may be right. They got the right four teams. But what about having to win a conference, number one? And what about number two? You're only letting the five power conferences basically run this. What about putting some of those slightly lesser schools in there or the ones who finish second every now and then? They could pull an upset and think of what great excitement that could bring to the sport. But here's what happens. College football is a brand name sport. The powers that be don't want the Western Michigans in the playoff. That's why it's a that's why you have power five conferences and you have everybody else on the outside looking in. Um, Ohio State is in the playoff because they're a brand name. If you reversed the resumes of Ohio State and Penn State, for example, no. Nobody would be crying that Ohio State's not in the playoff. They would be saying, well, you lost to Penn State. You didn't win the conference title. But Ohio State's a brand name, so they say, you know what, we slide them in. College football is a brand name sport. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's just the way they operate their business. And I'm not one who thinks that the way college sports is set up today, particularly college football, adding more games does anything but make people who don't participate in the process wealthier. It does nothing else. I mean, for entertainment value, there are enough college basketball, I mean, excuse me, college football games on. On a given Saturday, Ed, there are over 40 college football games you can watch from noon to 1 a.m. counting the West Coast games. So So we're already seeing a lot of games. We don't need to see playoff games. At the end of the year, when kids are beat up, and you're just risking injuries. And I'm sorry, you know, as, as a sports fan and as a former agent for football players and seeing guys that I represented now in their early 40s, some of whom experiencing the long-term effects of football um, that fans don't care about because fans just want to be entertained. I'm just not, I'm not for anything that increases the amount of exposure these kids have to car collision type of hits without adequate compensation. Okay, here comes another one of those side arguments to what you just brought up here. The kids are getting beat up. There are people who will say, wait a minute, Joe, these kids have been playing football, and 
you're already going to hear part of the argument and hear part of the part of the problem with the argument. These kids have been playing football since peewee leagues. They've been playing it in high school. They're in college now. This is what they've always wanted to do. They want to become pro football players, and this is the only chance that they have to fulfill the dream of getting to that point. You and I both know we've heard these arguments ad nauseum, but what I just said in there is part of the thing that people miss. These young men are sitting here, standing here, playing here, taking hits from the time they're eight years old. They've now been taking them 10, 12, 13, 14 years. And they haven't even played a pro game yet and actually gotten paid for anything. We still are at a point, Joe, where the game itself has become more dangerous than it ever was, more cumulative than it ever was before. And that is always the last thing that people think about is the medical level of the players involved because they say, Joe, how could you possibly tell a young man that he can't strive to become a pro football player one day and this is the only chance he'll ever have to get there? Well, I mean, he could be a pro football player and never play in a college playoff game. There are going to be plenty of guys that play in the NFL that never play in a bowl game or in a college or in a college playoff game. You don't need to increase their opportunities. In fact, if you spoke to NFL scouts under, you know, under anonymous circumstances, they'll tell you the less hits these guys that they really want take, the better off they are for the pros because they want healthy guys to go to the next level. So I, I just think that we we get caught up in the last thing that we see. It's the primacy and recency theory. Penn State wins Saturday night, and now we want to scrap the entire system because we need more teams. No, we don't need more. We don't need more teams in the playoffs. We don't need more games. I mean, it's so funny. I had a reunion. You find this funny. I had a reunion yesterday, the 35-year reunion of the broadcast and marketing departments at Dania Highlight. And and one of the guys I worked with there, Tom Van Stone, I produced Yale University football games with for four years. And we were talking about the Ivy League season then was eight games. And they made a big deal when they went to a ninth game. I mean, there was there was almost a, a split in the Ivy League because they didn't want to go to a ninth game. Okay, and this is 1978. They didn't want to play a ninth game. We're now looking at 15 game schedules for guys playing all the way through. It's insanity. Is it not fair to say in some ways that, and not every way, I don't want to make this a blanket statement, but in a lot of instances, the people who want more playoff games and more teams in the playoffs are either A, alumni who have no other life but then to live through their teams and their old years or b the gamblers the guys and the gals are going to head right to vegas and there's nothing better to them than being able to bet on more games create the parlay and make a little more money joe again i'm not putting everybody in that in those two categories but it seems to me as if that's a pretty good preponderance of those people who always scream for extra games well i think there's also two other categories um affiliated embedded media that want more content so they get more clicks and more things to write about and more exposure and networks and schools 
who see dollar signs and want to cash in more on live sports events, especially during the holiday season. So I, I think it's just it's 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 that confluence of everyone against the kids who a don't have a union representing their interests, b don't have a say in any of it. I mean, they're not there's not even a recent former player on a committee regarding the playoffs, regarding college football safety or college sports safety. I mean, they are completely unrepresented in all this. Yet, these decisions directly affect their future. And so it's a very, very difficult, it's a very difficult thing. And I think that um, it's best that less, in my view, less is always more. Got about two minutes left here. You touched on something very briefly here. Are we getting to a point where because of the tremendous amount of money that's here, it's not going away in college football. It's not going to get any less. We also have a tremendous amount of money in college basketball. But let's stick with football just for today's argument. We are going, it is inevitable that sooner or later there needs, not should be, there needs to be a players union for college football players there needs to be collective bargaining, and there needs to be a way for money to pass hands. I know that I can hear the screams right now, Joe, from people about how dare you even bring this up, but the business that it has become, we've got to get there sooner or later. Well, absolutely. I mean, Northwestern um, made a big, you know, the kids at Northwestern made a big push for that, and um, and it didn't work the first time around. It's inevitable. I mean, the dollars are too large and the unrepresented class are the breadwinners in this. I mean, you know, I with fans and and look, just because everybody has a megaphone doesn't mean we have to listen to what they have to say. This is not a fan input argument. This is not a fan debate. Um, no one pays their money to go to college football games to see a college football coach. They go to see players. They don't wear Jim Harbaugh jerseys. They don't wear Nick Saban jerseys. They wear Jabril Peppers jerseys. They wear O.J. Howard jerseys. And oh, by the way, the players don't get a dime for that. Um, so at, at some point, they are going to have to have going to have to have representation. And just as we've heard for years, there would never be a college football playoff. There would never be more than eight or ten bowl games, and now there are over 20. Um, it's it's just an inevitability that it's going to happen. And I'm always one that believes when something is inevitable, I'd rather, I'm one of these, take the Band-Aid, just rip the Band-Aid off, okay? Let's not just try to go gentle. Let's just have it and make the sport better for everyone instead of figuring out ways to circumvent was an inevitability and all that's going to lead is to more unrest one day it will happen he's joe casal he's an attorney he's a former player agent he knows these things and these players inside and out joe always a pleasure my friend thanks for joining us we'll go outside the lines again real soon thanks buddy thanks ed appreciate it and reminder to everybody if you want to answer back fastest show in sports at gmail.com and send us an email there also don't forget catch the show on itunes on TuneIn. And on SoundCloud, all you have to do is search us, find us, and there you are. I'm Ed Berliner. This is the fastest show in sports. Until next time, everybody, see you!